like he's the fucking boss. Chapin, are we recording? Yes, sir. Just don't fucking chuckle at me. Thanks a lot for hanging out with the K-1 on the podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Nominella Trist. Squirrel. Um, <laughs> beat me to it. No, we're no, we're not breaking. Let's just this is this is <laughs> no, we got this it. is how it's meant to be. This is what it is. This is what it is. It is what it is. It's neurodivergence. <laughs> Do you know somebody who might be on the spectrum? Do you know somebody who could? <laughs> <laughs> this is the best show we're ever gonna do. <laughs> hey, over here. <laughs> focus, focus. Uh, we should talk about that right now. K101 podcast is intended for an adult audience, exclusively for people who are both mature and intellectually self-aware enough to comprehend the gravity and the responsibility of the sexual content contained in the discussion that follows. Those under the age of 18 are requested and expected to discontinue this feed now. I know you're gonna dig this. It's funny though. It is funny. Yeah. Um, you're on. Hey, thanks a lot for hanging out with the K101 podcast. I'm your I'm your host, Mr. Nominal. Just um, so Wall Street last week. Set. This could never be the live show. <laughs> says to me. <laughs> says to me. That thing's really weird. Feeling, I mean, if you've never done it. Um, <laughs> it actually <laughs> that really was an example. Um, <laughs> Wall Street says to me last week. We should do a show on neurodivergence. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, you know, would you be open, because I know you're diagnosed, would you be open to having a conversation about having ADHD, being diagnosed with ADHD, and your sex life? And I went, I thought we did that already. I just didn't, I didn't talk about it being ADHD. He goes, but would you be open to having that conversation? And I went, yeah, I don't know how it's any different than any other day. I mean, great, because I'm on the spectrum for the other side, which is the autism side. So we're going to have that show. And I went, okay. And he went, great, we're going to do that. I went, are we doing that for the pajama show? And he went, I don't know. I went, okay, me neither. Let me know when. And then we showed up today, and he went, guess what we're doing? <laughs> Good thing you're wearing pajamas. And here we are. So if you look to my right, your stage left, we have Wall Street. Neurodivergence is like a superpower, and that superpower is awkwardness. That's a true story. He's not wrong. Uh, Look uh, around the rest of the Panige Gallery. Way off in the green room is fetish bottle Emily Rose. Hello. Good to see you, baby. Good to see you, too. Very cool. She'll be down later. Uh, (laughs) In the rest of the Panige Gallery, Isaac and Faye are still with us. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How you doing? <laughs> Y'all heard that, right? I really am going to get home tomorrow at this rate. Yes, you are going to get home yep. tomorrow. Uh, Isaac, can I out you on this one? Sure. Isaac identifies in the ADHD category, which makes yay more of the fucking. I mean, yes, there's more of us. Yay! As I look around the rest of the Panige Gallery, th- this is a Saturday show, right? Yes. Right early this Saturday morning, Chapin is with us. Hi, and I'll probably be in the chat, too. And in the chat. As I'm sneaking on that work. There she is. We were just talking about you. Hi. 
Hi. <laughs> and running our audio board, Panda. Back to pushing those buttons. Yay. Yay. All right, cool. So we're talking about ADHD and how it is an actual thing and how it can be ridiculously debilitating and how it can be it, it, it can make you struggle particularly with just getting through every single day but when it comes to sex my god can it be distracting wall street go so i got the impetus for the show from, from <laughs> he said impotence impetus. oh impetus Sorry. my fault my bad. um for the show from Friend of the Podcast, Ms. Evie Lupine. And uh, I came across a video that she did, which we will drop in the chat. Probably somebody. Chapin, you do it. Um, on Saturday. Uh, how many minutes are we in there? Two minutes? <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. Uh, on 88... No, no, you got me doing it. Uh, BDSM and neurodivergency. Uh, so this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, literally, uh, because I'm a neurodivergent person. I'm going to go with it's probably near and dear to your brain, better than your heart? My penis. Both heads. The They're one all here, connected. The one in, they so are connected. Brain, heart, penis. They're all connected. Um, we forgot to, oh, to mention Doll still on the line with us, too. Oh, and Doll. Yeah, Doll, are you still with us? I, I was going to say, speaking of ADHD, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. Hi, honey. Doll stayed on the phone with us on on the Skype for, for the whole week. The whole week. Doll, thank you for hanging out with us the whole week, and sorry we almost missed you those last three and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, and I figured Mr. MVT would love to do it if and nothing else, because it'll be fun. Uh, as a is he is a neurodivergent person as well, and the the topic that Evie Lupin talked about, which I want to discuss, but I also want to talk about you know our personal experiences as well, is she had uh, come across a comment that somebody made about um, her partner, and the comment, if I remember specifically, was, "Wow, your boyfriend looks like he has autism." And but it wasn't a factual statement. It was like a really. It was, a, it was just an observation. And no, no, it was an, it was meant as an insult. Yeah. Like it was clearly like a slur. Like. What the hell? Yeah, I know people are terrible, but that kind of opened the floodgates to the conversation that she has heard from other people, which is uh, neurodivergent people in the community. Sort of what role do they play? Um, should they be in the community? Um, and the, even the question that she brought up is, which I've never heard myself, but she mentioned people had said it as well, is the topic of neurodivergent people and consent. Like, can they actually give consent, and is their consent worthy? Okay. Uh, so let's start with talking about what neurodivergence is. Okay. Chances are you know someone who is neurodivergent. You absolutely know someone who's neurodivergent. It is estimated one in eight Americans falls under the category of neurodivergence. Yeah, However, of those one in eight Americans, half of them don't even know it. Um, neurodivergence is so broad, and I, I didn't know I was neurodivergent for the first thirty years of my life. Anthony Hopkins. Easy. Anthony Hopkins wasn't diagnosed with autism until he was like sixty-five. Yeah. Wow. It's great. Something like that. Maybe it wasn't that age, but it, wow. it was clearly like he's only known the last decade. It's insane. Um, so half the people who are classified as neurodivergent don't even know it because, it, again, it's a spectrum um, that goes everywhere from brain activity that can be highly debilitating to people such as myself, which are incredibly high-functioning. Uh, neurodivergent people, sometimes it, it, it manifests itself as nothing more than quote-unquote personality quirks, but mm -hmm. they still fall under that umbrella. So, what do we classify as neurodivergence? So, this comes from the... Let me get this right. Neurodivergent... Neurodiversity. And, and let me also define it, another word. Uh, we talk about neurodiversity. We'll talk about the antithesis of that, is which the word is neurotypical. If you are not neurodiverse, you are neurotypical. You're one or the other. So we just use the one to describe the opposite of the other. Uh, neurodiversity is defined by the National Symposium of Neurodiversity back in 2011. 
a um, symposium on it. Apparently. Well, hell, it's, it's, it affects like 30, 40 million Americans. I would hope they'd have a symposium on it. 40 million? Okay. Um, I've heard of TED Talks. Yeah. Not a lot of fucking symposiums in TED Talks. <laughs> They're just TED Talks. This is straight from the textbook. A concept where neurological differences are to be recognized and respected as any other human variation. These no one's respecting us. Uh, we're, we're getting better. We're going to talk about that. Okay. Uh, these differences can include those labeled with categories such... This is why it's so broad. And this is, yeah, you I, know I, I someone know, I know, who I know has it's coming this. next, and this is why it's broad. Dyspraxia, um, which is... I forgot. We don't, we don't practice anything. I don't. No, I think it's difficulty in language. I looked this up and I forgot. Um, Come on, dyspraxia. Oh, fuck. I set up a great joke. You guys left me. I know. Dyslexia, which is inability, difficulty reading, letters get transposed. Yeah. With dyslexia, um, dyscalcula, which is basically dyslexia for math. Like, you look at numbers and numbers get scrambled up in your brain. Uh, ADHD, I'm gonna, I'm as we discussed. I'm going to you real quick. Oh, please. Go ahead. Uh, dyspraxia is ability to plan and process motor tasks. All right. See, this is so why I put her in charge. It's it's language related, but it's it's a lot more uh, motor related right. than yeah. Uh, ADHD, um, autistic spectrum, which is probably a huge bunch. Um, on the autistic spectrum, uh, shout out to my Aspies, Aspergers, which is sometimes known as high functioning autism. Yeah. If you look at the DSM five, and I think moving into what they're going into the DSM six. Uh, they've taken Asperger's and removed it as a classification. You're yeah. just high-functioning autism exactly. at this point. This is what my son's diagnosed with. And uh, Tourette syndrome, which is amazing. Like I, I, when I, I, <laughs> I've had Tourette syndrome pretty much my whole life. If anyone who's watched the show regularly sees me, I have motor dick ticks. <laughs> I almost said a bad word. <laughs> motor ticks. I was gonna say you have motor ticks. Uh, motor. <laughs> Motor ticks, and it's funny when I, I fucking gear down there. It started when I was five, and I went to doctors. I actually spent a week in a hospital because the doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. We moved up to Reading, and I went in to see my first psychiatrist. And I walked in the front door, and I was like, and my psychiatrist said, and I quote, "Holy shit, he's got Tourette's." <laughs> like it took him like four seconds of observation to realize this. <laughs> like, all right, problem solved. Um, I can go home now. I can go home. Here's here's your medication. Your Don't fall asleep in class. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's we chuckle, but it's yeah. the truth. That's how that kind of shit you happens have to laugh. sometimes. Seriously, uh, you don't laugh; you just jerk off a lot. I mean, cry a lot. <laughs> nah, it's the same thing. Whatever. <laughs> the key phrase here to be recognized and respected as any That's other human it. variation. Must be tired. Um, <laughs> oh, also, I forgot. Apparently, bi uh, not bipolar. Um, the other BPD, uh, borderline personality, is now under that, which I was a little surprised to hear. I had always thought that was considered quote unquote mental illness, but apparently it's now under neurodivergence. The key word there is um, differences to be recognized and respected. What? I was getting my oh, okay. Differences to be recognized and respected. This, the idea is that, and this is kind of where throw autism speaks under the bus here, neurodivergence problems are not problems to be fixed. There's been a huge movement in the uh, community uh, both inside neurodivergent community as well as broader society, to recognize that neurodivergent people aren't broken, for lack of a better word, more they're, they're just different. It's like this is where their brain functions, but more importantly, we can add value. Like neurodivergent people see things from a different angle that things had never had, right. that I most mean, people don't. From the ADHD category, I know there are plenty of very intelligent, famous people that were neurodivergent ADHD. Einstein is the biggest one that we love to tell. I'm down 15 pounds, and I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yay! 
Speaking of famous people. Squirrel. Let me rattle off that list. Uh, these are all celebrities, so obviously they're people you've known. Uh, neurodivergent people over all, cover all areas of society, including... Ben Franklin. Yeah, he was on the list. I didn't put him I in. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Dan yep. Aykroyd. Yep. Bill Gates. That David Byrne. Burning down the house. Um, <laughs> Hannah Gadsby. God, I love him. My favorite quote of all time from Hannah Gadsby. Knowledge is power. Ignorance is a cage. Feelings can be dealt with. I'm going to tell you the truth, and if it hurts your feelings, fuck you. Which is another aspect of neurodivergence. We'll get to that, too, as well. Rest of the list. <laughs> Squirrel. Henry Winkler, Carl Sagan, no fucking surprise. Yeah, no, no surprise on Carl Sagan. Chuck Tingle. Who knows who Chuck Tingle is? <laughs> who doesn't know who Chuck Tingle is? All right. Me. G- Google Chuck Tingle, and you'll be happy, I, you're happy C- you can did. Can we get... Why, you're the one with ADHD. Why are you telling me to move? You said Tingle. Chuck Tingle. He's a Tingle. He's like Chuck Tingle. T I N G L E. Look, there's a joke the there. The guy has I'm won two Hugo Awards because everyone right. is out of the studio. Vincent Van Gogh, uh, Andy Warhol, Emily Dickinson, yep. Uh, yep. Michelangelo, yep. Cher, and Thomas Edison. So clearly prominent people in society. Um, uh, and then add the two that I, I just mentioned earlier. You and I. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, Al- Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. And Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah, you just Googled <laughs> Chuck Tingle, didn't you? Oh, I love the look on Panda's face. That I wish a, y'all could see that. That's a great look. It's, a big, it's great. a big furry panda. Like we have he has won two. Show. You know what Hugo Award is? It's a book for science fiction. He's won two of those. The man is a legitimate writer. Including one for best short story and yeah. for best fan writer. Yeah, D- Dahl introduced me to Chuck Tingle. Fantastic. Apparently, Panda lives under a rock. <laughs> uh, apparently, so is Chapin. This just in. Still have no idea who this person is, so I'm going to be under a rock as well. I'll show you later. You'll enjoy it. Okay. We'll all share the rock. The, right. Let's just say there's a it's lot of amazing. dinosaurs and Dahl, things. do you know who Chuck Tingle is? Do I know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. I, I, I he, he's an up. author who talks about dinosaurs and getting pounded in the butt. Yeah. Take that away from me. No wonder, he says, no wonder there's a tingle in his name. Yeah, have you seen the book covers that look like they should be parody book covers about getting pounded in the butt? I thought those were parody book no, covers. No, those, those are real, real books. Yeah, yeah, he's won, your fucking mind? He's won two Hugo Awards. He has won literary awards for those books. I'm telling Those you right now, yes. is way better than it has a right to be. It is amazing. He is very talented. And his Fuck it, we're tagging with those With those titles? They we, better be fucking are, talented. When this thing airs, we're tagging Chuck Tingle on Twitter. Make right. it happen. Okay. Uh, he has his own podcast, too. So <laughs> I don't doubt that. Yes. With those kind of book titles. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So now we get into neurodivergence in the community. So... It's really interesting being a neurodivergent person. I, I want, it is. I, I want to share a, a little story with you, and I think this is the best way I can describe it. So, um, freshman year of college, Wall Street was not in a good place. Um, dude, what, what? What? I'm just making sure you're paying attention to that. No, no, this is this is our show. Fuck that. We're we're doing. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we'll go when to break. You say fuck that. You're saying fuck them, and no one get no one yells at me. Well, I would fuck her and her. Definitely. I do her twice. You'd fuck everyone in this room. I would. <laughs> me and me and Isaac included. Don't even play. <laughs> be like, all right, I'll have a little fireball. It'll be fine. We'll talk about it later. We'll process our feelings. <laughs> all right, where was I? All right. 
freshman year of college, Wall Street was not in a good place. Um, he had undiagnosed depression. Uh, he was medicating with alcohol, and he was pretty much borderline suicidal all the time. Um, fall of my freshman year, we went a trip to New Orleans, and I was so hungover from heavy drinking the night before, I cried in the shower and then contemplated and throwed myself off a 10-story building. Like, literally, that's where our hotel room was. Okay. I looked over, and I was like, this would be a good idea right now. Anyway, I don't mean to bring it down. I'm like, this is how the neurodivergent brain works. Sometimes. Welcome to Saturday morning. Yep. It's only going to get better from here, man. We got the shitty stuff out of the way. The reason I bring this up is I, re I remember this This sticks with me. I remember it was a Saturday night. I was at a frat party. Technically, it was the band, but we were the biggest frat on campus because, you know, we drank all of them under the table. Feeling pretty shitty about myself. Feeling lonely and isolated, not part of the crowd. Because when your brain works differently from everyone else, you don't feel like you're part of everyone else. And there was a senior who pulled me aside. I remember her name was Anna. And she was totally drunk. I'm glad because she wouldn't have been honest if she wasn't drunk. And this is, by the way, this is also something neurodivergent people do. They ramble incessantly. All right. Because it makes perfect sense up here. All right. That's all you need to know. <laughs> but she told me something that has stuck to me this day. And whenever I think about it, it makes me feel so much better. This is my pick-me-up. She said, Wall Street, you're different. And that's in a good way. You see things from a perspective and from an angle that no one else does. And that is a gift, and you should treasure it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's the way the neurodivergent brain works is it is very, I don't want to use the word non-typical, but I can't think of a better way to do it. So let's discuss. Atypical. Atypical. So let's, let's talk about what uh, signs of neurodivergence. Before we get into that, I'll, yeah. I'll be the first one to say, Fetish Mile and the Rose is sitting over there. And she'll be the first one to tell you, I think of things a little differently than everyone else does on the planet, I think. I, and when she presents with a problem, or my children, more importantly, present with a problem, I will not just come at it from a different angle. I will do what you just say. I will fucking ramble on trying to explain that problem. To the point where she said, just today, no one fucking cares about what you want to think and say. <laughs> oh, and dissect it from every angle. I, you yeah. have to. You have to. You, have to. you don't you, have you, the you, whole you, story unless you look it from every angle, man. You, you uh, dig it from every angle. Assumptions kill you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> What's that, Faye? <laughs> don't trust the Faye. <laughs> Do I bother you, Faye? <laughs> At times? <laughs> This is how all right. This is how awesome Doll is. As I'm up here rambling, she's sending me show notes from literally wherever she is right now. She's not even in studio, and she's like, "Here, talk Stop about it. this." You're talking. You're talking. You're talking. Go ahead. Two two common traits of autism, and and, and this is what? No, it looked like Fetch Marlon was going to say something, and then you started to talk, and she went. It's like, no, Do you need talk? And she went. No. This is the Double Panty Show. I you're apologize. allowed to talk. <laughs> you, hey, you are you are free to ramble in, jump in, and. Be respectful a little bit. A little bit. She went, nope, can't talk then. Fuck it. Size does not matter. Two common traits of autism. Ability to recognize patterns and reading people to the point of quote-unquote predicting the future. Now, it's funny, Dude, because, it's funny because we talk about people with Asperger's can't detect social cues, but in many ways we detect other things. And I think that's what Anna was telling me that night. She's like, you, she even used the words, you see beyond what's there. Like, when nor what normal people will see is conversation. You'll see a bunch of people talking about sports. But what you see is what they're not saying. You see kind of what they're implying. Right. And it's tough because when you're neurodivergent, you're not really sure if that... She gave me a bingo. <laughs> you're not really sure if it's there or not. That's part of it. You can't kind of trust yourself. Jabin. No. Oh, she was giving me four minutes. Oh, okay. I can right. see the clock. I can run from here. All right. Uh, and two, which has gotten me into 
so much trouble. I have, I have had to deal with it. This is something I struggle with to this day. A keen sense of justice that people dismiss as either A, weird, coincidental, and B, being too sensitive. What we, what we see what many people don't listen to us. Um, yeah, like people with Asperger's really have this kind of almost like virtuous, like they're like, this is wrong, or this is r to the point where I don't want to say we follow authority for authority's sake, but I can see that very much in myself growing up. Like you never had to tell me to do something twice. Like if, if, if I was out running the neighborhood with my friends and my friends were like, hey, we should go out to the park and I'll be like, but my mom said I got to be home by seven. No, my mom said like, I have to do this. These like, are the rules. These are the rules. You listen to the rules. So yeah. almost kind of like- The rules are here for a reason. Exactly. They're here for your safety. Exactly. Where people with ADHD are like, <laughs> Those are guidelines. How do we, why do we even hang out? We're just like the odd couple. It, it, you know what? I think that's a good thing. That's Who's the works. messy one? I don't know because I think we're both slobs. No! I'm the messy <laughs> Mom said clean your room. <laughs> but routine's the, way, the only way that ADHD gets through life. Yeah, that's true. Which is something else. I mean, neurodivergent people, their definition of things is clearly different from everyone else's stuff. Let me give you a good example about how we kind of look at things from different angles. I had a conversation with Sinric today, and... Also neurodivergent. What? He's also neurodivergent. He is. You're right. Uh, Sinric, I know. <laughs> it was on Flirty Girl's thread, and she got mad at us because the two of us went off some wild tangent. Like, stick to topic! Um, my Flirty Girl, stop it. God Damn it! My neurodivergence drives my mother-in-law crazy. Because she will say, this is a situation, not specifically what has happened, but very typical of what happens when I visit her. I'm out running around. Hey, you're going to the grocery store. Can you pick up some sugar? Okay. She's thinking five-pound bag of white sugar. That is sugar in her brain. Mm -hmm. My brain says, does she want white sugar or does she want brown sugar? Does she want a five-pound bag or a five-pound bag? Does she even want a bag? Does she want the little packets for her Splenda? Oh, confectioner sugar? Exactly. No, and I... Uh, so the 10X I, or the 5X? I will ask her then what, what I say a lot that drives people insane. What do you mean? Makes me a great salesperson. What do you mean? And then she will get up. Well, what do you mean? What do I mean? Like, sugar, what is sugar to you? To a neurodivergent, there is no such thing as like A, B. It's like we... To Isaac's point, we got to analyze things from 18 different angles because we see like all possible perspectives at once. Okay. I'm with your mom on this one. <laughs> it's my mother-in-law. <laughs> mother-in-law. I'm with her on this one. Because someone says, go get, go to the store and get some sugar. Right. Go and get a five-pound bag of sugar. Okay. If and, if, I, and, and if they didn't say anything other than five-pound bag of sugar, it's your own fucking fault. All right. Go that, get it yourself. That's the problem. It's my fault if I get the wrong sugar. Yes, at that point it is. Right. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> not someone I'm, says go get sugar and you, and you come home with a with a four like, pound yeah. bag of ten right. x confectioner sugar. Yeah. That's fucking on you. Why? She wanted sugar for her coffee. She didn't say she wanted for her coffee. She wants sugar. Okay. Let's say. Let's say. But here's the thing. She said get sugar. I come home with white sugar and she wants like packets. Then she should have specified that. Okay, but, but it, that's I'm my point though. Like you see what I'm getting at? Like you you can't assume. I, I, I'm with you on the. Look, there's a lot of things out here, and <laughs> to make me feel better, you should probably specify just a little bit more. Yeah. And that is absolutely something you should take into account for someone who, you know, if Finish Model Emily Rose sends me to the store yeah. for, hey, can you go get some snacks? Right. Yes. Here's my point. Give me a little bit better on snacks. She gets some sugar. She five gets, pound fucking bag of sugar. She dude. gets upset if I ask the, for clarification. If I that's say because you asked for clarification, and it's clarification on everything, and that's why she's upset. Maybe you should have been more See, specific. I'll be the one that stops at the gas station, gets the coffee little packs, and then goes and rides bikes. Him and I should because, hang out. You know, 
Go to the grocery store and get coffee. It's and longer. Wall Street comes home with a 16-ounce cup of coffee. Here you go. It takes longer to walk <laughs> to that grocery store. It was five minutes in and out of the gas station. Right? All right, now that we've wasted the first break. Um, <laughs> that's actually a good point because we, we do need to talk about BDSM at some point. So do we want to cut to a break and then we'll jump in because we absolutely have at least 20 more minutes in return. We haven't even talked about the whips and the chains and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, trying to get a break. Javen, kick us out. K101. Adult supervision recommended. Dramatic reverb. Hey, K101 fam. Wall Street here. Hope you're enjoying the great show we got planned out so far. We always strive to give you the best content. But do you want to see where stuff gets real weird? Check out our Patreon page. It's full of exclusive member-only content, including behind-the-scenes photos, interviews with the staff, and my mangina. Becoming a subscriber is a great way to support the show and get to know your content creators on a more personal level. Plus, donations start at as little as $1 per meow. So click the link below to check it out and subscribe. Well, if you excuse me, I think I hear Penny opening a can of tuna on the other side of the studio. Hey guys, Mr. Nominella Trist here. I just wanted to make sure that you knew we love doing this show for you. So if you have ideas for the show that you wanted to get to us, if you have questions for us, you have comments, you think we got something wrong, there's a bunch of different ways you can tell us. My favorite one is go to nonvanillatrist.com. We have the K101 team. They have their own tab there where you can get to the link to every person on our show right on their Twitter page. Go right there and find us. It's very, very easy. If you wanted to call into the studio and leave a message, even when we're not live, 717-925-0603. You also have nvtrist at gmail.com. You're just emailing the studio flat out. That's what we're here for. Guys, the show's only good when you interact, so keep doing it because we have a lot of people that are already doing it, and thank you for those of you who do. Just keep, keep the ideas coming because we're going to keep making the show better. Hey, guys, you check out that merch link yet? What? You live in the country? You're worried that your mother-in-law is going to find out that you're rocking the K101 kinky gear? You don't want your dad knowing that you have a kinky coffee mug in your cabinet, huh? Or are you one of those guys or girls that just doesn't give a flying fart in the breeze because you live in the city? Well, we have a great way that you can support the K101 podcast. It's called the K101 Official Merchandise. If you check the link below and click on it, it'll take you right to our Streamlabs page where you can get rocking K101 t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get tank tops, there are sports bras, you can get K101 dungeon throw pillows, or you can get, my favorite, the K101 coffee mug. It supports the show and therefore supports the community. Go ahead and click that link below and you'll be helping us all out. Hey guys. You know, we understand not everybody can sit for over an hour in front of YouTube 
watch a video of the Non-Vanilla Trist podcast. We, we get it. We understand that. However, if you head on over to our audio partner, friend of the show, well, around pretty good dude, scottwillkillyou.com, you'll not just get all of the K101 shows before they're available on any alternative platforms. You'll also find our reviews will kill you, where K101's very own Puck and Scotty host this irreverent, off-kilter, farcical, yet technically intellectual show that is just all about film and movies. It's a lot of fun. We think you're really going to like it. While you're there, you'll also find comedy video shorts from Legion of Lunacy. You'll find Scott Will Kill You production videos, Blue Iron. There's so much over there. So if you haven't been there, scottwillkillyou.com. There, there's just too much to go with. Scott Will Kill You with content. K101. Now a word from our sponsors. There for men. Use it anyway. Thanks a lot for hanging out with the K-Roll Podcast. I'm here with Mr. Ramon Eltris. We're having a conversation about being neurodivergent, neuroatypical. Talking about having ADHD or being on the spectrum. Because there's a lot of us out there, and we're in the community. And while we just spent... The fuck just happened over I there? I told you this is par for the course. <laughs> and and while we while we're <laughs> while we're distracted, you know what came well. after? Excellent. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna break. This is important. I love this episode because I get to be me. This is. Per- you know what came after? Mike said to me today. No, what? He says you tell everyone to shut up and you just run them over anyway, and that is absolutely right. That is me. Yeah. All right, go on. Mouthful poof for now. Thought you were going to go on for a bit. No, we're done. <laughs> Although, Doll did have something she wanted to comment about. Go, Doll. So, uh, the one thing I did want to throw out, because uh, it, it seems like the the majority of our ADHD uh, representation right now is male. Although, I will say, I also have diagnosed ADHD, although uh, I'm not medicated for it. Um, but kind of the, the interesting thing from my perspective is ADHD, and this is kind of a little bit stereotypical, um, but one of the things that tends to be um, kind of a, a gender difference is they seem to find that uh, men tend to be more hyperactive and a little more um, external with their ADHD, whereas women tend to be more inter- inattentive, which means that there's a little more distractibility, um, but it tends to be a little more internal. It's not quite as, as easily visible from the outside, which means that uh, some of the diagnosis tends to be a little later and, and uh, not quite as easy to come by. After so. doing a lot of research on ADHD, one of the biggest disparaging differences that I see for people who are diagnosed with ADHD is it has to go back to the Myers-Briggs. If you're an extrovert, you are fucking out there where everybody sees you. But if you have ADHD and you fall in the introvert category, you are a very completely different personality and I think very often people who ought, people who see someone who is ADHD automatically think that person's got to be an extrovert. Oh, you're an ADHD person. You can't have ADHD because you know you're so you're you're not out there at all. Would you agree with that, Doll? I I definitely would. I think that that does tend to uh, be a little more. There, there's a lot more emphasis there. Um, 
personally, I, I lean a little ambiverted, so I really can't. Uh, I don't know that that's. She thinks she's an extrovert, but she's not. She's not an extrovert. She's not an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going completely insane, not <laughs> actually having any kind of social interaction. Myers Briggs said she's an extrovert, and I don't believe it. Make me. Everyone's got a loophole. <laughs> He just he just wants to get hit. Is really what I'm <laughs> he really does. I mean that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm get on so my yeah. knees for this one. Shit. <laughs> that was for you, sir. Dude, I'm, I mean, uh, I guess she doesn't question. Moving forward. Anything else you want to add, doll? Uh, no, I think that's that's kind of the the primary thing. But I I, I guess I would kind of like supplement that. Um, spectrum disorders tend to be very similar. Um, where women will, will frequently present in, in different ways. Uh, one of the things that they, one of my, my favorite examples of that actually is like women who are on the spectrum uh, might find like special interests in things like makeup or fashion, uh, which aren't considered typi- like typical um, autistic interests or autistic uh, you know, traits, but um, because they're more favorably seen as an interest for a woman to have and something for her to like fully submerse herself in um it's not always seen as like a a spectrum trait so it yeah it's just kind of an interesting thing so it is you know anytime you see somebody that really like gets into something it sucks that you guys can see her her. do you you want to see the picture of the boobs like I mean, no, I mean, yeah, I do, but that's not the door right now. I'm working right now. Did she flash? God damn it! You're the best! I'm going to see that shit! Boobies! Thank you for that shot. It was right. beautiful. Doll, but Doll brings up an interesting point. One of the key markers of Asperger's, and this is why, like, my I've never formally been diagnosed, but I read about it, and within three seconds, I'm like, yeah, because my sister's like, did you hear about this? You have Asperger's. I'm 99% sure. One of the aspects is uh, hyper-focusing on, on small, unique tasks. So you mentioned, Doll, the women with Asperger's. Well, the ADHD have it, too. Um, they may become involved in, in makeup or, or fashion, and that's just kind of seen as like a thing, but it could be a, a sign of hyper-focusing. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, if you've come to my house, like, the stuff I am involved in is both highly specific and incredibly boring to someone who's not involved with it. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in a kid, and by kid I mean like pre-teens, early teens, I would sit in my room with um, a notepad, a pencil, and dice, and I would make up like dice games on my own. I would sit in my room and play these dice games by myself. And my sister would walk in, and she'd see like these piles of papers with numbers and tick marks, and she'd like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "A game." She's like, "All right." And she'd just walk out. Like, yeah, it, I don't it, have time for this. Yeah, no, seriously. She's like, no one understands it, and to me, it was the most enjoyable thing on the planet. I would spend yeah. hours doing it. Now, when I was first diagnosed, and when we're going back over 20 years at this point, oh, that was nice. I didn't have to hear it. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> you all can shut up. <laughs> now you just reminding me that I just missed it. Um, it when I was first diagnosed, they hand, uh, the guy handed me a book uh, called, uh, my, my psychologist handed me a book. He said, this, this is a book called Driven to Distraction. And I was like, whatever. He goes, and he goes, you're, you're, you're on the spectrum, dude. You're, you're ADHD on this one. And I'm like, whatever. And he goes, no, no, you have ADHD. And I'm going to give you this book. And he handed me the book. He said, this is your book now. So read the book, and you tell me what you think about it the next time we sit down and meet. And I went, fine. Did you read the book? Fuck yeah, I went. I said, I said, I'm not just going to read the book. I'm gonna, I will go so far as to read the book, and this time next week I'll have devoured the book, 
out because don't think me wrong. I, I read fast. I said I will read the book and I will highlight the things with this blue sharpie that that apply to me. And he went okay. And then I showed up the following week, and he went, "How'd you do?" And I went, "Here you go." And I handed him a blue sponge. <laughs> my book that was this thick was now this thick from all the fucking blue <laughs> highlighter that was in it. He goes, and you thought you were going to come back here and stick this book up my ass. And I said, the night is young. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was like, all right, you got me. I'm on board now. I'm listening. I, 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 will, open, I'm, I will hear what you're saying. And we ended up going on like a four-month journey of me learning about my neurodivergence, which explained so much about my life. And one of the first things he talked about, and this is going to kind of bring us back on topic, was people with ADHD generally fall into two categories. Because, we're, because what you had said in the last segment about hyper-focusing, hyper mm -hmm. um, we, we hyper-focus on things that deliver those chemicals to our brains that we are lacking on a regular basis, that, that, are, that the normal brain just creates on a regular basis because we have things to do in life. People with ADHD don't always get that. So we find things that we, we end up hyper-focusing on things that create those chemicals in our brains. We also self-medicate with things like caffeine or drugs or alcohol. or We find lots of things to self-medicate with because those give our brains kind of the same chemical. We're constantly trying to make our brains put us back to what normal people have as a baseline. Pay no attention to the sound. I'm hearing voices. I'm pretty sure we're herding cats up in this bitch. Right? Yeah. So uh, one of the things that we have in our community is, particularly with the ADHD group, is we have two, we have two camps in ADHD, hypersexual and hyposexual. Either sex really gives you the things that you're looking for, and then you can focus on it a lot, or sex does not do those things for you, in which case... It lands over here in the camp of shit I don't need to do. And those people end up being asexual mm -hmm. a lot. Um, I land in the hypersexual category. No. I know. You can read about it. I host a podcast. Um, and if Fetish Marlene Rose was down here, she'd be like, yes. I, I mean, hell, go back in our archives. You can hear Envy be like, stop chasing me. She chases me around the fucking bedroom with this thing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Speak. Speaking of hyper-focusing, did I tell you what my sister got me for Christmas? No. 3,780-piece Lego replica of Lincoln Financial Field. Oh, you did tell me oh, that. Yeah. Wow. But that's my point. Like, I'm going to sit there with, like, tweezers because the f pieces are literally this fucking big. Yeah. Mm, for, but like, it's four be, hours. it's going to be fucking beautiful. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's stuff yeah, you it, just it, get it's, obsessed it's with. It's stuff that your brain goes, hey, this is going to be all, the payoff on this one's going to be good. And you end up hyper-focusing on it, and nothing else is happening but around a, you. A lot of people think ADHD can't focus, and that's the total... No, no, no. It's wrong. Yeah, we it, over-focus on some things, but the things we're not interested in, it's like... Easily distracted. It, it's the... If, if you're in the day-to-day, -day and, and whatever is going on in the day-to-day -day is not triggering the thing that you need, as soon as something that is even a little bit better goes off, you're like... That's why we go squirrel, because, <laughs> you know, I could be just sitting here, what's, we're having a meeting, and there's lots of things, and we're going to talk about the budget, and this is all very, very important, and in my head, I'm like, I give a fucking shit about all this. Stuff. I, 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 Who's that in the red dress? That's pretty cool. <laughs> while that's I'm not working, squirrel, that's like... 
who's in the fucking red dress? Because I don't give a shit about your budget. <laughs> while I'm working, I almost have to be always thinking about another project. While I'm working, I always have to be thinking about another project to kind of keep that focus just so I can keep a job to where I can stay on task. Yeah. My brain is off on the project that I really want to focus on. Yeah. So, so that brings us to when we're talking about the community. All right. So now that we've already and we only have halfway through the second. Well, fine. Through. We'll make it a half an hour second. All right. So here's where concerns about BDSM, uh, neurodivergent people in the community can arise. And I will say, and I'll take the, take, take the stance that Evie Lupine took, as someone who went through this journey, um, I think these concerns are well-intentioned. However, once we fully understand and break down some of those assumptions, we'll understand they're completely overblown, if not uh, unnecessary. Um, so a couple bullet points I put down here. One of the things you need to understand about neurodivergent people, particularly those on my end of the spectrum with the autism and Asperger's, uh, empathy is a difficult concept for us to understand. It's not that we don't see things. It's, as I mentioned earlier, we see different things, and sometimes we see things that, that are out there that our brain doesn't always trust. Like, we're not sure if what we're seeing is real. Like, we see it, and to us it seems real, but then we kind of doubt. Because no one else has seen the same thing you see, you wonder if you can trust yourself. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, but one of the hallmarks of, of autism and Asperger's is inability to focus on social cues. There's a reason I ramble like shit, because everyone's like, shut up. And I'm like, what? I can't hear or see you right now. Like, we don't get subtle hints. Um, uh, because of that inability to function on social cues, and particularly the empathy. Empathy is difficult for a neurodivergent person because we're almost like Mr. Spock. And by that I mean we function from a very logical standpoint. Uh, I'm going to push back a little bit. People Please. With, people with ADHD, I think, are very in tune to reading a room very often. Make okay. sure you're speaking to the Please. autistic part. Yeah, so this is my half of the room I'm going to discuss here. Okay. It's... How do I best want to describe it? And maybe it's part of my upbringing, you know, the way my parents kind of talked about it. Not that they weren't empathetic, but I'll be honest, and this is where you can add me. They, they were conservatives. They were very much personal responsibility. They were like, if something happens, it's probably someone else's fault. Like, you, you're responsible for picking yourself up by your bootstraps, so it was very hard for me to understand, like, you need to help. The How is this bed that you've made for yourself? Right. I'm, so, well, I'm saying, it. no, I'm, I'm being honest. The concept of you should help someone for no other reason that they're a human being was difficult for me to embrace. But why? I don't think that has anything to do with your conservative parents. Because well, I'm conservative and I'm all about teaching. I was teaching kids today. Always help people when you have the opportunity to do so. All right. I don't want to go too far into this. What are your thoughts on universal health care? Should we have it? No. Okay. Why? Because they're going to be people who game the system. All right. And that's my point. So empathy says it doesn't matter if people game the system. Yes, it does. Let me see. All right. So that's my point. Like, that's <laughs> that's my argument. This is why I said I didn't want to go on this rabbit hole. But that's the point I'm getting at. Like, my, my struggles with empathy was one where, like, I didn't – the concept of helping someone just because they're a human being, whether or not they deserve it. Like, that's something my parents taught me. Like, I'm not people talking about deserving. I'm talking about be pay for it. Figure out how to pay, figure out how to logistically make it work. We're moving on. We're yep. moving on. <laughs> Doll knows what I'm talking about. Doll's been my advocate in all this. Doll, I love you, Doll. Doll has been my shepherd through all this. And we're gonna get to a conversation her and I had where I almost fucked it up big time. Like this is this is to the point of the go have fun instance that you Ooh, have. That That's incredible. how bad this was. <laughs> like it almost ended that night if not for a dead man's weed. Um, <laughs> I love you, brother. I miss you. <laughs> We're going to be telling stories about Max's weed till the day I die. <laughs> anyway, so because people who uh, are on the autism or the, the Asperger spectrum 
Han like I said the, the, earlier, the quote from Hannah Gatsby, we, we care more about that sense of justice. We care more about being right, and we care more about making sure the world is right than we care about the human touchy-feely stuff. You know, Hannah Gatsby said, knowledge is power, ignorance is a cage, feelings can be dealt with. People such as myself are very blunt because we don't care if we hurt your feelings. We're more concerned that you are doing what is right. I'm going to tell you the truth. If you look, if you say, does this dress make me look fat? I'm going to say, yes, it does. And I'm not going to pick up on how that's hurtful. My brain is going to say, you asked me a question. I gave you an answer. I don't understand why you're upset. And guess what? If you're upset, that's your fault because you shouldn't have asked me the question in the first place. That's the lack of empathy I'm referring to. Okay. All right. Sure. I'm not saying you have to agree with me. I'm just telling you that's no, what I, I'm saying. No, I can agree with that. I, was, I don't know how the two points match. But all right, go, all continuing right, on. Um, so because of this lack of empathy and this lack of social cues, there's concerns that people who are uh, neurodivergent may not be able to effectively stop a scene, particularly if they're a top. So, uh, and also the, shall I say, violent nature of BDSM, again, hurt versus harm. If, okay. if you're a top and you are flogging someone, and if that sub is not being vocal, if that sub is in pain, the autism person may not recognize it. All right, the autism person might not, yeah, but they, the ADHD person does. They may not recognize it. So I, here's, I personally think. So here's the concern. That person could get carried away with the scene and then become a danger to themselves and others. That's okay. the theory. I see the point. That's the theory. Here's what Ms. Lupine, as well as what I would say, what I've come to with a lot of struggle and difficult thinking and working and feeling. Um, I would argue now, because of my Asperger's, I am better at BDSM. I'm a better BDSM person than people who aren't. Let me finish. I, I was going to I was gonna support you on this. All right. Okay. The way you said it was like... <laughs> Thinking. And, and, and here's why. Again, it comes back to the rules concept. We all say... That's exactly what I was going to say. BDSM is based on communication, and it's based upon rules. Um, if rules are clearly communicated, and we are open about them, people with Asperger's are really good at following rules. That's exactly what I was going to say. My son, Asperger's, which they now call high-functioning autism, and he is great at following rules. Yep. And what we talk about on this show all the time, follow the rules, openly communicate. You do those two things. This is a great time. So, yes, I completely agree with you. As someone who's on the Asperger's autism area, because you communicate so well, and because you're on the Asperger's thing, you have to follow the fucking rules. Exactly. So as long as you communicate and you have those rules set, dude, you're gold. And, and this is where the literalism steps in. This is why enthusiastic positive consent is so, so important. It comes back to the, again, does this dress make me look fat? Yes. You asked me a question. You were clear and you were open. I was honest with you, and I gave you an answer. Now, whose fault is it that you're mad? Yeah. Now, that's. It. I, I think people who, who think people who have autism shouldn't be in the community because they can't. I think that might be somebody who didn't know how to communicate well right. with someone who's autistic and or on the spectrum. That is in which case, that's, that's on that person. That's not on the person with autism. And that's exactly my point. And I think that's where people who are not neurotypical people need to get an understanding. It's not that they need to understand... It's not that they need Fuck to understand... that person. Not that they need to understand neurodivergent people. It's that they need to understand BDSM. Yeah. Um, Dahl and I had a really, really rough argument after the Aziz Ansari show uh, where we talked about enthusiastic positive consent. Okay. Like, 
we we pretty much almost broke up. She told me flat out on her couch, "If you don't fix your shit, I'm out of here." Um, oh, yeah. Okay. And we both cried. It was rough. It was I rough. I was not on board with EPC, and the reason and Facebook was involved. Don't ever get involved with Facebook. All right. The <laughs> says the man who brings kerosene to every fucking conversation. The reason I was not on board with EPC is that I didn't think it wasn't a good idea. That wasn't the problem. I still think it's, I th back then I thought it was a great idea. Here was my here was my issue. Again, it's the literalness. Perception is the lens in which we view reality. Your whole life, you are taught by society, EPC is bullshit. And then you come into this community where EPC is expected, and what you say is, I've been told for 30 years the EPC is bullshit, and now you're telling me it works? Fuck you, it doesn't work. It, it wasn't that I didn't think it was a good idea. It's that I remember having this conversation with Dahl. I said, if people practice EPC, no one would ever get laid. You and I had this conversation after... Well, maybe it wasn't after. It may have been before. We we had this conversation. Yeah. And I remember going, I have to ask you, can I touch your hair? Yes, that's great. Okay, great. Now can I touch your hair? Yes, yeah. that's great. And I remember thinking at the time, that's horse shit. You, you can't do it that way. And I and I stand by that statement. You can't do it that way because that's the fucking wrong way to do EPC. It really is. The way to do EPC is I would like to. We, we figured out how to reword it, and until it was taught to me on how to logistically say those things to encourage the EPC, that's, that's when I was like, okay, now I got it. Now I understand. Because enthusiastic positive consent is something that you should have every single time, all the time, as often as you can. Whether or not you know how to logistically do it so it's comfortable for everyone in the room you may have to do a little research to figure it out because our culture does not teach that. Yeah. And, and my problem with EPC wasn't exactly that. I was on board with EPC. My problem was society wasn't on board with EPC. No, it's not. Right. It's and, clearly and, and not. And that was the argument Dahl and I had. I specifically said, yeah, Dahl, if, if, if I go to a woman and say, can I touch you here? She's going to say, what the fuck is wrong with me? And she's going to leave. My argument was from a practical standpoint. And guess what? Sorry, Dahl. Newsflash. I still believe this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I still I, believe the vast majority of society doesn't want EPC. Ready? I'll give you a I'll give you a decent, relatively parallel example happened today. Mm -hmm. um, everybody knows uh, Fetish Mile Emily Rose is Polly. We were driving here to the studio tonight, and somebody messaged her on Plenty of Fish. Want to chill? It was a it was an innocuous. Was Net Netflix involved? No, it was just <laughs> like, hey, we actually what he said was, hey, can we chill sometime? And she's like, nah, fuck no, and she just dropped her phone. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What did Simple he do question. wrong? And she goes, you know what? No, he wants to fucking chill, which means he just wants to fuck. And you I sure about that? For that? You sure about that? But, and that's what I said. I Can was you like, clarify your question? And I went, Can you? I mean, dude was just probably trying to be nice. No, look, if he if he came at me with, hey, we should hang out sometime. Can we go get coffee? Yeah. Hey, can we hang out sometime? Can we go get lunch? Hey, you know, I saw on your thing that you have this 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 in common, and I think we may have this in common. Can we have a conversation about it? That's fine. But he just hit me with the whole, hey, you want to chill? And, she goes, and I've seen that a hundred thousand times, and I don't need that. And in my head, I'm like, as a guy who's intimidated by someone who's kind of hot, and yeah. you just kind of go, you take your toe, and you... So, so I'm, I'm glad we're talking God about this. Damn, sorry, I didn't mean to miss it's like, And as, how's he supposed to approach you? She goes, well, he should have come up with a better plan than want to chill. I'm like, how's he supposed to fucking know that shit? This... Is how incels. This is how incels are born, and and I, there's uh, science right. behind this. So all you f feminists out there, it's all shitty with things. You all are making the incels. It's on you. 
But there's also the problem of the new media. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. No. Can I hear her laughing? Yes. No, no. Yes, so yes, look, when I when I say this is when I say this is Helen cells are born, I, this is what th it's a communication issue. There is a strong correlation between incels and the autistic Asperger community. I, I will say at one point, I pretty much was an incel. When I was in high school and college, I had that attitude because I was running into those walls. An incel... I think all men run into those walls. An incel will, will view, would you like to have coffee? And you want to chill. They see these as t the same sentence. There is nothing... It's like the, the picture of the meme with Pam from The Office. Corporate wants you to know the difference between these two pictures. It's the same picture. And incel sees those two as the exact same thing. You send, I want to chill to a woman, and she flips out. In the incel's brain, they're thinking, what a fucking bitch. All I said was, do you want to get coffee? And she's treating me like dirt. And we wonder why these men get angry. Because they, I hate to say it, and I know I'm going to sound like I'm defending it. They are doing what in their brain works, and we're treating them like garbage, and then we, under, we don't understand why they get mad. Yeah. It's a communication issue. Yeah. It's also Fucking crazy bitches. taught them that, you know... That, oh, don't that's hang up. part of kidding. it as well. Kind of. You're right. absolutely I, I, right. I'm it's sorry. also what society has taught them that, yeah. you know, you need to bash the man down, you know. <laughs> not, not getting the answer you need? Hang on. I have an answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> Got him! <laughs> Slam so, that toilet lid right down. He's not getting a drink anymore. So, ge so getting back to EPC, this is, this is what Dahl threw the immense... I feel Dahl was basically like Atlas holding the world on her shoulders. The effort that she, the Herculean effort. Like she, this tall, though, right? I know. <laughs> Maybe it was like Mercury. Did she hang up yet? Then. She's still <laughs> on. No, she's All right, you can hear her laugh. <laughs> Shoof. The, she's like, Atlas is fucking small, but mighty. Bitches. Can I praise my partner here? Seriously. Absolutely. The Herculean effort she went through to drag me through this garbage. I, I didn't deserve it. And, and I asked her, I said, why did you do this? Because I didn't deserve it. And she said, I saw a light in you. You, were, you, were, you weren't there, but you were willing to give it a shot. Um, I, I believe the exact phrase I used is, I know you're better than this. <sighs> She's my pusher. What did I say? That's She's my pusher. pusher. But it, it wasn't that I didn't think EPC was a bad idea. It was, and again, to this day, I still stand by it. Society doesn't want EPC. And my argument was, if you try EPC, it's not going to flop. So she didn't have to convince me EPC was good. What she convinced me was, it's worth fighting for. And that's a big difference. Okay. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Most pe I still think most people don't want it. And I still think if you walk up to the average woman in a bar and say, can I touch your hand? They're going to think you're a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, I still think we have to fight for it. To be fair, most people want a mind reader. Most people want somebody who knows what they want. Yeah. They don't yeah. want to have to have the conversation. They don't want to have to talk about it. Well, they, they don't want, want to be rejected. I, th I think in our culture, we don't want to be rejected. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to be rejected, but yeah. Right. But when you ask for enthusiastic, positive consent, you're asking for rejection. You're asking for that rejection up front. So the no, before no, anyone's invested. So so people on my end of the spectrum, the Aspies and the Aus, the uh, the Aspies. I might. Where are you going with this? I don't know. <laughs> once we get them through that front door, once we get them to say, "Hey, guess what? You know how like you always are honest." Once and, you crash through, right? Oh, once yeah. you crash through, yeah. cool, hey, man. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know how you're always. <laughs> You know how you're always open and honest and you say exactly what you mean? Yeah. You know how people treat you like shit for that? Yeah. Guess what? There's this group of people here who are the same way and they love you. You just have to get through that wall of crazy people <laughs> first. <laughs> and no, you're not the crazy one. I know you have medicine and there's a doctor and everything, but my, you're not the crazy one. Get to the other side of the crazy one of people. My favorite, You'll find the rest of your tribe. One of my favorite songs, um, and it doesn't... It, it speaks to Asperger's, although that's clearly not what it was written about. Gnarls Barkley. Um, 
crazy. Yeah. The opening line of the one of the opening lines of the song. I I, I think of this myself every I remember time. Why? What? No. Yeah. No. There's no. It's <laughs> <laughs> when I was out there without care, I was out of touch. But it wasn't because I didn't know enough. I just knew too much. And that is how I feel most of the time. I feel like I know more than I should know, and that knowledge, seeing the things behind the things, is what's causing the problems. Ignorance is bliss. He's figured it out. <laughs> He's figured it out. Clown hammer right now. Clown Get him the now. fucking blue pill. Clown hammer now. Blue pill. Clown hammer. Take him out of the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I, I, as far as the community goes, I think we genuinely... I, I like the, the, the enthusiastic positive consent. That's something that absolutely has to happen. I, I think as far as culturally, and this really kind of took a sideways trail. I'm glad um, it did. Uh, um, I, I think we absolutely have to have the conversation on how to reword enthusiastic positive consent so it's not as awkward. Because people who are neurodivergent already have awkward tendencies. So if you're someone who's neurodivergent and you're trying to have a relationship with someone or you're trying to explore a relationship or the possibility of a relationship with someone who is neurotypical mm -hmm. you're already fighting an uphill battle yep. and if you try to incorporate enthusiastic positive consent on top of that that just makes you even more awkward so yes for those of us on our side we're already waiting for the rejection and who wants to fucking sign up for that so then yeah we automatically just want to go why do we want to do that let's just try and keep so, doing it the way we're doing it reach so, under the table try and touch the things oh my god why is there what one of what of my one of my brothers in arms you know fellow moderator with hap he's in date night uh, i almost said her name doll you know nate um he is also an aspie and him and i we joke all the time excuse me they he goes by they 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 and i joke all the time it's you know, if you want to be my lover, you got to be real fucking serious and obvious about it because I can't tell what the hell you're trying to tell me. They and I joke all the time that we don't know how to fucking flirt. And if you flirt with us, we're like, what? Ooh, a squirrel. Yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> I know how to flirt back. I just don't know when someone's flirting with me up front. I, and and, and I don't know how to right. initiate flirting. I just, I'm like, hi, here's me. Uh, woo, I'm trying to be big. Ah, everything's great. I'm the life of the party. Here's my penis. What are you, hey, let's go. Oh, no, uh, the penis, there. I shouldn't have. This is penis. me initiating flirting right yeah. now. It, it, God <laughs> damn it. Like, here's my penis. And someone goes, positive consent, motherfucker. I didn't know supposed to be out. I thought we were all on the same page. That's my fault. All right. I'm shit. I'm sorry. The other point Ms. Lupine <laughs> wanted to comment on, which is real brief, is the concept that uh, neurodivergent people can't give consent, which I don't know why the fuck this came uh, from. Yeah, I. I don't get that one. Well, I guess here's her argument, and again, it comes back to what we said earlier. It's not that neurodivergent people can't give consent. It's that neurotypical people don't fucking understand consent. So I think what it comes from is because neurodivergent people have difficulty talking, and by talking I mean communicating in a <laughs> manner that is easily... Oh, we talk! I was going to say, neurotypical people talk all the fucking time. I think, I've, I think, I've, said, I think I've spoken about as much as a thesis. We ramble, they just babble. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, because there's that communication barrier, it, it's neurotypical people don't always understand understand what the neurodivergent person is saying, they take that as, oh, well, if I, you know, say, do you, do you want to have a scene, he, this person is not going to understand. And I think it's the flip side. It's, no, you don't understand. If we have a scene, you're going to be throwing all these cues that I'm not going to pick up on, and you're not going to be using EPC. So it's not that I don't understand consent. It's that you don't understand and consent. And nothing <laughs> makes a scene more romantic than, I understand exactly. You're the one who doesn't understand. That mean, I, sparks fly then. I think my next project is, I, wanted, I want to find if there's a correlation between Aspies and Bratz. I could totally see that because we're such rule oh, followers, but at the same time, 
No, let me finish though. We have a hard time. I wasn't arguing with you. We're rule followers, and Someone at the same time, like, we're we, we're big Kinsey. fans of malicious compliance. Con contact Kinsey and be like, <laughs> hey, I have a question for you. Malicious compliance. Yeah. I I may do malicious compliance. Con contact Kinsey. Ask him. Hey, by the way. Well, but you know, it comes back to the whole the sugar incident, and I do this with pretty tied up. I'm a lot better because I've been living with her, but I I accidentally do malicious compliance. You know, get a bag of sugar. I come home with brown sugar. sugar. You Ow. said sugar. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Ow! Shit! At least it doesn't hurt as much on my hand. Oh. I'm doing better. I, I kind of un, un, I kind of accidentally fall backwards into malicious compliance. I do what you told me to do per the letter because I thought that's what you meant. It's, oh, you should have been more specific. <laughs> um, I'm listening to the doll laugh. She's like, <laughs> 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 you should see the faces I'm making right now. I can't. It's it's on the it's on the monitor way over there on the other side, and it's not facing my direction. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's, it, I mean, if you can get it to face this way. So that actually should spin at the end of the. There we go. Awesome. There she is. Oh, now I can kind of see her. Can you point her towards me just a little bit there. more? There you go. Oh, there she is. There All right, cool. Goes. Turn the other one back the other way. <laughs> God damn it! No, make it an L, like just at the monitor. Like, no, that one was fine. Yes, I know. Right. My arms are No, too not short. no. That's not what I wanted. I want. Yeah. There, there we, we go. go. Now I can see her. God, goddamn T-Rex arms. Sorry. <laughs> Naughty Desire just texted me, by the way. So oh, yeah? Now I feel super special. Oh, She's right. like, you still awake? I'll be like, party at the podcast. All right. All right do, the, do the boot flashing thing now, because now I can sit. <laughs> I, I have a picture. I'm just... <laughs> Woohoo! Oh, see? Boobies! Now it's a good day. I am a lucky man. <laughs> you ever notice how saying you're a lucky man is a nice way of saying, I'd like to fuck your wife? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start wrapping up with Wall Street's final thoughts. you're a lucky man. <laughs> Thank you. Wall Street's final thoughts. Um, neurodivergent people are becoming far more common in society. I think part of that is the um, increase, dare I say explosion. <laughs> I was going to say milk hormones. <laughs> explosion in autism cases. You know, they say yeah. it's something like one in every 110 people these it, days it, is born it, with autism. It, actually, I think it's down to like one in 60. But honestly, I, I genuinely believe that was one of the things where before it was like 1 in 500, then it got down like 1 in 125, yeah. then it came down to 1 in 60. That was the last time I checked. I heard it was, it was 1 in 111, but that's, I don't know. All right. The last time I checked, it was like 1 in 60, but that was like four and a half years ago, five years ago. And I and I don't know that it's, that there's more people. It's that it's, we're honing down what that diagnosis I think you're right. I think is. that's big. Again, I think that's a lot of it as well because right? I, I started by saying that neurodivergent people, I guarantee you, you know one and only half of them even know they're neurodivergent. Yeah, exactly. Well, also something that in the, say, 90s and all like that was just thrown around everybody's ADD and all. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. It just thrown to everything. Yeah. As soon, I, I think when South Park had their ish, or had their episode on it, it was, you know, you just give them the riddling. <laughs> but it was, it, back then it wasn't understood. You know, it's, you have these like 18 to 24 things that are on that list. And then you read the list and you're like, oh my God, ev that applies to everybody. But what they didn't say was right above it, it was, do you, if you have like eight or nine of these, say, whatever many it was at the time, I think, because we were with DSM-4 at that point. It was, if you have eight or nine of these 24 symptoms, mm. then... You know, you qualify as ADHD. 
and everybody was like, and that every one of those. That's pretty much America right now. Yeah, but it was, but it was the the sentence that they left out was, and it affects your daily life in a negative manner. Exactly. And no one really paid attention to that. All they saw was they they went, if you have these, and then masturbates frequently, and then everybody just skipped right (laughs) to what the symptoms were and didn't read the next three lines of text. They just say, if you have these, all right, here's the list of symptoms. It went, well, that's everyone. Well, this is bullshit. And they just flipped the table and ran away. And it's like, no, you have to have eight or nine of these things, and it has to affect your daily life in a negative manner. All nine. So I, lo- I love how Doll's not even trying to interrupt you. She's just texting me shit so I can interrupt you. Um, according to the CDC... No, you absolutely should just tell me to shut up. The I mean, CDC whatever. in 2020 reported that one in 54 children was diagnosed with autism. Um, uh, but that's 2016 data. Also, to the point of gender bias, four times more likely if you're a boy than a girl to get oh, diagnosed absolutely. Yeah, with autism. Yeah, I saw that. When I, when I, was, uh, when I was first diagnosed... I had no idea that you know this was like that much of a thing, and then I was like six times when I was diagnosed back in '99, six times more likely for a man to be diagnosed with ADHD yeah. than a woman. And I was like, what? what and I don't think it's because men are more likely to have it. I think it's just to Doll's point, women who exhibit those symptoms, they're just seen as daily stuff. Okay. Yeah. The, when I read Driven to Distraction at first, it was men are six times more likely to to get. ADHD, it's genetically passed down by their mothers. So, of the women who do get it, they're responsible for the rest of us, just yeah. so you know. No, that makes sense, because um, we don't know what my... Ter- I just wanted to see the rest of you go... Now, Tourette's is, Tourette's is a neurodivergent um, disorder, and we don't know where it came from, but we highly think it came from my mother's side of the family. There you so go, say women. All right, so Wall Street's final thoughts. Two things I would say. Um, I'm really proud to be a neurodivergent person because I feel like, and I don't want to both, this is not the gay rights crusade. It's not anything close to that. But I do feel if you're a neurodivergent, neurodivergent person, you're kind of in the golden age right now. And I say that because we are being not just recognized. <laughs> bring it over here. Exactly. <laughs> We're not just being recognized, but that key sentence I pointed out earlier. Oh, my knees for this it's one. not Shit. being seen as a disability or disorder. It's just seen as being human. And rather than society saying we need to fix you, what they're saying is we need to work with you. I had a job interview uh, September for a job that I really wanted. Ironically, it was the sixth time I've applied for this job in the last four years. And I was going to try a different tactic. Um, Someone, I think it was in date night, shot me an article. They said, hey, 60 minutes last week. And if you can find it, Google 60 minutes autism. They did an article on um, neurodiversity and employment. There is, people with autism have unemployment rates way higher than the rest of the general population. And it's not because they can't hold down a job. It's simply when employers look at what a qualified candidate is, they're looking at all the wrong things. So what that article did and what I did and went into the interview, they said, you know, tell me something about yourself. And I start out with, I have Asperger's. Here's what it is. Here's what I struggle with. Here's what I've done to work with that. But more importantly, here's how I can be an amazing asset to your team. And I didn't get the job. But that's okay. But the point is... Because those fuckers don't deserve you. No. Well, what they, what they did say is... Look who he works for now. <laughs> they did give me some feedback, and it's workable feedback I'm going to work on. But it's, gonna, it's, it's something I'm going to continue with, not because I want to be like, oh, it's a pity party, you know, ooh, he has Asperger's, we should hire him. But if you're hiring someone, if you're forming a relationship with someone, you need to understand how that person thinks and communicates. And I think for the first time, people who are neurodivergent are 
we're being accepted as not just, oh, it's someone who with a disability. Again, I don't call it a disability. I call it my superpower because it makes me really good. Yeah. It, I have a higher than average intelligence. I am really left-brained. I'm really good at math. I'm really good at focusing on small tasks. Like, you need me to stare at spreadsheets for eight hours? I'm your guy. No one else wants to do that. I'll gladly do it. <laughs> Doll's just like, <laughs> she's like, yep. <laughs> uh, so that's the one what point I want to make. <laughs> I manage small tasks all the time. Uh, the other point I want to make, in the spirit of inclusivity, I think... Size does not matter. <laughs> I just got that small tester. Uh, yeah, I think... <laughs> I was so wrapped up in my own head! I think the He's BDSM community... social cues. <laughs> like the rest of society, I think we as a community have a responsibility to recognize it. I think people with Asperger's and autism or ADHD can be off-putting for various reasons. Mostly because... I'm off-putting? A little bit. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> that I saw. It. I was like, ah, fucker. I think we have a responsibility to, much like anyone else, you know, diversity is not a diversity is all about your experiences, and neurodiverse people have a different set of experiences, and I think those experiences can be genuine and they can be an asset. So I think, sure. we, as a community, should try to be more open to it because, yeah. you know, like I said, it, it's not that we don't understand consent; it's we can teach you things that you yeah, didn't want to hear know. from us. <laughs> We're fucking off putting. Nobody wants to hear from us. Alright. Are we good? I think so. I'm tired. Sorry tomorrow. It's tomorrow. You haven't even left the house. <laughs> well at yet. this point I should just come home next year. You can sleep under the table. <laughs> no one's sleeping under the table this week. <laughs> I'm I'm texting Isaac, do you, do you have anything that you would like to add as far as ADHD when it comes to sex in the community? No, I think we covered most of it. Alright, cool. I mean, the the biggest thing that I had was, I I know I use sex as something that I self medicate with. I, I I drink a lot of I can turn the label away. I drink a lot of diet soda on a regular basis because caffeine is one of my things. I take my ADHD medicine on a regular basis, and if there wasn't a girlfriend, there would be a lot of masturbation. Actually, no. All right. So there's a girlfriend. There's still a lot of masturbation. <laughs> when there was a girlfriend and a wife, there was a lot of masturbation. Yeah, there's still a significant amount of masturbation. You know, you know what will fix that? Um, SSRIs. Yeah, take those and you just won't get a boner ever. You'll be fine. That does not sound appealing. No, it's I'm not. not. It is clearly not appealing. Yeah, that's the problem with the uh, pop a pill fix your problem. Hmm? Yeah. They have a, the pop a pill fix your problem type of doctors. Yeah. They have a lot of problems with you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, mine's Give not, the wrong side effects. Not saying, well, I mean, it's, it's just SSRIs. We've known about this side effect for decades. The problem is, like, it's, I've been on half a dozen different SSRIs, and I found one or two that work, and the rest just don't. So it's like, do I want to get boners, or do I want to not kill myself? I mean, yeah. eh, I guess we'll go with that. I don't know. I, hey, look, i got to be honest. <laughs> if you're not getting boners, you kind of want to kill yourself anyway, right? Yeah, um, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> so six, one half dozen of another kind of problem, isn't it? So. Uh, no, I, I just know one of the wonderful things I, I had was, which which I really loved about the medicine, I think, is that I take my ADHD medicine and it doesn't decrease my sex drive. Not that I think anything could. <laughs> um, now, except old age, because I have other problems now. So, but that's okay. There's medicine for that as well. So I take both medicines and I'm just like, this is just the greatest thing! I just, I just imagine seeing you and Emily Rose, like, in bathtub staring over the ocean just holding hands oh and God. you hear this try Cialis for your problems <laughs> and after four hours he does not talk, call a doctor he calls friends so exactly <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we're 
not holding hands at that point. <laughs> She's holding something else. Yeah. Because yeah. in those commercials, there's like this beautiful music and a gorgeous thing. And whereas if it's me, it's like there's fucking Nine Inch Nails just playing behind me. And we're like, ah, there's light show. And it's That's awesome. Yeah, it does sound awesome. It sounds great. I love this idea. Anyway, all right. So we're good? We're good. Hey, doll, thank you so much for hanging out for this entire shit sandwich. She is sandwich. a national treasure. This is a soup sandwich for this, for these task shows, and I really appreciate you hanging out with us It's been tonight. fantastic. Thank well, you. <laughs> you come back to the studio sometime as soon as this whole craziness is over, please? I am certainly hoping. Oh, good. All right, then. Uh, anybody else got anything? Or are we all that tired where, like, we're like, you know... I have to be up for work. Mr. MBT, no one wants to be here for the new year. We need to be out of the studio. <laughs> All right. Well, then, hey, guys, if you think we missed anything, make sure you drop it in the comments below. If you think there's something that you don't want to drop in the comments because you want to leave your name out there, you want to send it to us in an email, envytrist at gmail.com. You can always call us on the phone, 717-925-0603. If I could make an appeal because I saw this on Evie Lupine's video. Mm -hmm. um, she mentioned this, and I'm going to say the same thing. If you are neurodivergent and you see this video, please drop a comment. We would like to see how your experience with the lifestyle has fared Absolutely. and how that incorporates. Yeah, we, I, look, we. I am not a doctor, and I do not play one on the Internet. So <laughs> I can just tell you my exact stories. Does Emily Rose play a naughty nurse? <laughs> maybe a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not saying. I mean, yeah, I am. I'm saying. Jinx that, and I yeah. are working on a scene that involves a naughty nurse and some sounding rods. So. <laughs> nice. And 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 Deviant Dawn is making the outfit for the record. <laughs> for the record, hey, for the record, she has one of those outfits. Just so you know. It's, oh, she only has Hello Kitty scrubs. She does not have like the full nurse. Oh, you you know something I don't. Mm -hmm. Oh, damn. <laughs> anyway. Thanks all for hanging with the Kevin Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Nominal Trist. For Wall Street, for Isaac and Faye, for Panda, and for Chapin. And Doll. And Doll. And Doll. I'm looking right at her. She's right there on the screen now. I can finally see her. And I just went, went right around the room like the monitors didn't even matter. Mom uh, wiping boobs. And, and, and for Emily Rose, and for Stinky Boo, who were both up in the green room. For Sal, who's two floors up in his bed, sleeping like a bitch. Um, who else is... I think everybody else is out of the studio. Everybody else at this point is gone because it's, you know, tomorrow. it's tomorrow. Uh, I'm your host, Mr. Ravnellatrist. Guys, if you have uh, comments and shit that you want to give us or suggestions for the show, please make sure you reach out to us. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us, and we love you. We will see you on uh, Wednesday for the live show. Yeah. Chapin, kick us out.
Can I smell it? Now a word from our sponsors. Dare for men. Use it anyway. Adult supervision recommended. Just do it! You're listening to the Non-Vanillatrist K101 Podcast with Mr. NVT. I will do whatever it is that you want. They don't even pay me to be here. Oh, I'm very wet. I'm just really trying to turn you guys on. That's all I want to do. Yeah, pull them pants down.